Hey everybody, welcome to the Indie Film Review. My name is Jared. With me, as always, is Dan. What's up, Dan? What's up, guys? I'm here. <laughs> we're going to review a film. So we're going to review Inheritance Italian Style. And Dan, I, I'm i putting a challenge to both of us. This is, okay. this is the challenge for the episode, that we do not make any Italian accents. Oh, God. <laughs> any stereotypical <laughs> Italian accents throughout this entire episode. I feel like we've done that in like the last two weeks. Yes, we have. And it's banned. (laughs) We cannot do it for this episode. (laughs) Okay. I mean, really quick, guys. um, I have to go. uh, I I have to go (laughs) will off my furniture to my children. I'll be right back. Oh, as long as you do it in your normal voice. Your accent does not change. So yeah, Dan, what's this movie about? Inheritance Italian style. <laughs> um, it is about uh, we'll call them. They're not necessarily estranged, but um, five or six sisters. I don't. Is it four? How many? Five. Five. Five sisters. <laughs> There's so <laughs> many characters. I don't know. <laughs> five sisters um, are are summoned back to Catania, Summon. Italy. And yes. um, the the reason for their visit to their 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 mother's house is um, she, she wants to divvy up the furniture and like see who gets what in the will before she dies. Uh huh. But she's still alive, so she's basically is just making this as an excuse to get everybody in the family together, and all of the sisters bring their husbands and daughters and sons. And um, hijinks ensue. It's it's like one of those, it's, ensue. it's it's in the genre of film that like Festin is in, and um, the rules of the game. It's a genre. It's it, it's a genre where like a big family gets together, and you know families are difficult, and yeah, because they all get together, you know things happen. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of different films that are like this. Like like yes. I said, Festin is like this, but Festin is really dark. Inheritance Italian style is comedic it is yeah i guess i would just call it a comedy i think it's supposed to be a light-hearted There's comedy that this actually, there, is, this there is drama gets a little dark in certain spots some but um it also has interesting social commentaries which i was not expecting mm. and i don't even think that maybe they were meant to be social commentaries but i wasn't expecting them to be you know really deep cutting social commentaries like it's almost like it's almost like the the longer the the bit went on the the sadder it got to me like oh my god mm. like it was supposed to be funny but I'm like this doesn't make me feel well, good. <laughs> are you able to talk about it without getting into the second yes. half of our show? Which yes. Would be spoilers. So there's a scene where um, they're all at dinner and Mama has just made this big <gasps> spaghetti dinner. Do not. Uh huh. Do Almost did mama. an Italian accent. <laughs> Almost say... did a mama accent, and I didn't do it. Ooh, that was close. So, mama's having this big spaghetti dinner. Everybody at the end of the dinner gets a phone call. And it's supposed to be played as a joke. Like, you know, it goes on for about, we'll say 30 seconds or so. Just people talking on the phone, and you get, like, close-ups of everybody talking on the phone. But the longer it goes on, the more you, like, 
this is the sadder it is <laughs> like i was just like it's, oh this sucks <laughs> oh, so I hate the it started as a joke but oh. you're like oh you're making a big deep social cut here i don't know if i i don't know if i feel good right now because because i do this um but yeah so with, mm-hmm. with that that was the big glaring thing but i feel like there's more about society in this film but that was just a very big surprise to me and i liked it mm. Yeah, this film did have some interesting ideas. Now, this leads me into my other question, because this is a comedy, is did you think this film was funny? Not entirely, no. Mm. Um, it, it's hard. Okay. It's hard to comedy track. Comedy is subjective. Comedy right, is so. subjective, but it's hard to track what was supposed to be funny, I think, because of the glaring big pink elephant in the room, mm-hmm. which is these Italian accents. Mm. Um, because they are by no means authentic and they fluctuate. So like the yeah. family, the family who lives in Italy, the mom and the dad, um, I don't know. Like it was, it was hard. It was hard to make any kind of critical judgment about it in terms of I'm laughing because, because of the fluctuation, I I guess is what I'm trying to say. Hmm. But But I don't think that would be intended though. No, it wasn't. So I don't know. The more the film went on, the more it introduced, I couldn't find myself laughing because it was all really icky too. Mm. (laughs) Like, I mean, did, okay. Did you find it funny? Uh, no. And so, okay. The, the writer and director of this, he's the one who sent us this film, uh, Doug, Doug Bremner. And we really appreciate you sending this film. Yes. But, and, and, and he sends like a list of credits of all these really cool things that he's done and accomplished. So this was the filmmaker's first film. Yes. First comedy. And I definitely didn't find it funny. I just didn't understand where the writer was coming from with the comedy. It just wasn't connecting for me. Um, there was like one part where I think somebody's mistress would like, she does a little song and she kind of like twirls around uh-huh. and that was kind of fun. That made me laugh. Okay. Wait, if we're going to talk about that, it didn't make me laugh, but it, like it, it got me in that direction. But the relationship between the youngest daughter and the gardener's son uh-huh. I, I like that relationship a lot. It was silly. It was it was cute. Oh, with was, Alfonso? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, I little, think that was, was I think it was Aldonzo, not Alfonso. Oh, I don't and, know. Like he's 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 like, I can't live anymore because she doesn't love me. He's like, would you stop talking about this right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very over the top. Uh so there were a couple parts. I mean, not a, certainly not enough. Yeah. And that's a big issue in a film where it's supposed to be a comedy. Uh, I would say the whole social commentary aspect did hit a little harder. Mm-hmm. I, another problem, I think, with this movie is that a lot of the characters are very unlikable. Mm, yes. Especially, like, it seems like a few characters kind of become the main characters towards the end. Mm-hmm. And one of them is like a real scumbag weirdo. And and he kind of gets redeemed at the end. And I'm like, I don't know if I can even... I, it was hard to like follow some of these characters' journeys because I don't know if they earned where they end up. Mm-hmm. I mean, too many characters. I think we can both agree. Well, no, to too me, many characters to in me, this movie. T- okay, so I... 
because I know it was one of those movies, the the amount of characters didn't bother me. Um, I think mm-hmm. the amount of subplots kind of bothered me a little bit. Mm. Um, we could have interwoven other, or we could have interwoven two characters to have the same subplot instead of every single character has their own subplot. You know what I uh-huh. mean? Um, yeah. But I didn't mind that many characters because by nature, these films are very hectic, very frantic, mm-hmm. and they always have like this um, kind of interesting payoff because of it. This film had like a weird happy ending. I think. Yeah. Well, one thing I did like is because there's five sisters. So it's a lot of characters to kind of follow. Each one of them had a different colored outfit. Yes. That was like very pronounced. Yes. So you're like, oh, okay. Like, even if you can't remember the character's names, you're like, oh, that's green shirt. Or bluey. this character. Yeah. <laughs> so that was helping me follow along of like what character was who. What is, I don't what know. are you having to say now maroon? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Costuming, costuming is, is definitely important in a film like this. And I think they pulled it off really well. Um, yeah. So speaking of costuming and kind of like in that realm, what did you think about like the sets? The sets were great. Like the villa that they're in is great. Um, I liked how cluttered the house was. Um, it it just it really felt like it was a spur of the moment visit. Like this mom was just like, "We got to get every all the kids here," and dad is like, she, "He he's 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 out he's the so door." Out of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I do have problems pissing." <laughs> That's a line from the, the movie. house. The house is like a a huge importance in yes. the film, and it is a cool fucking house. And, What's cool, if, if you go to the end, I'm, I'm not going to recite every place that it was, but um, it was shot in Catania, Italy, but also in Georgia. So the creative geography that was accomplished here, um, like it was Georgia and then all these other places as well. So like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much was actually shot in Italy, but they did a really good job of constructing everything else around it mm-hmm. to make it look mm-hmm. like it was only Italy. My question to you, Jared, is how many philanderers can you take <laughs> in one movie <laughs> on average? How many can I take in one movie on a- I mean, at least I, I'm pretty generous with philandering. <laughs> um, I'm not shy about it. So I'd say probably like four or five. Four or five. Yeah. You're in luck, Jared. Because okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Okay. <laughs> everyone's a philanderer in this movie everyone um even the main character that you are rooting for <laughs> yes exactly so, okay so we're gonna spoil this film let me find out where you can see this movie uh it was made in 2014 inheritance it's italian style uh oh it is free on tubi and plex tubi and, and you plex. can pay like a dollar if you want to see it on amazon prime that's a pretty good deal amazon so yeah uh it's also on <sighs> roku well, man, this thing's all over the place. Yeah, just this out there for free. I love that. So, Making okay, independent films. You're like, here you go, check it Did out. Did this also feel feel like? I mean, to me, I felt the age of the film, like yeah. the camera wise. It also felt like it was almost like made for TV in terms of the, the, the camera quality. Did, did did you get that feeling? Yeah. So there's certain parts, especially when they do the um like the establishing shots or uh-huh. the kind of like interstitials between scenes to connect the scenes. So it'll be like, here's a shot of Italy or whatever. I feel like those camera shots were of a lower quality than when they actually were filming the, the actors, not which saying, was a much higher quality. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that the, the aesthetic of the actual film grain or the digital film 
reminded me a lot of made for TV films during that era era. So oh. like it, it's just like the, the camera must have been something that was similar to that. I'm fine with with the like that that feel. I just want the cameras to be consistent. Like I don't like jumping to different types of cameras unless it is extremely intentional. Mm. Which yeah. I don't know if it was. I think it was more of like this is what we have. This is what we're going to film. Which happens in an, a low, you know, a low budget independent yeah, film. Yeah, so you like do I, I don't, I don't, I don't felt that. Like, yeah, um, I'm not, I'm not like, you know. But too consistency, consistency does lend itself to. Um, it elevates the film. Yeah, it elevates the film. Like it, it, it makes it a more. It makes it feel more solid and less yeah. fragmented. Um, a couple other things too. I'll say. Uh, so I, I thought there were some spots in the editing that it, it was inconsistent because there were, there were some scenes where you would have some character, especially in the beginning when all the characters are coming in mm-hmm. like to the front of the house and meeting uh, the grandparents where autofocus was kicking in and you could really tell mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the camera's trying to focus. So some people were out of focus when they should have been in focus. That looked, it didn't look good. Then there's other times where like there was a scene where three of the sisters and the mom were all on on the same bed together and they were all talking and that scene was so well composed all of them were like so deliberately placed yeah. within that scene and then they were doing rack focus on different characters and it looked so good so yeah again it was just kind of like sometimes it was good sometimes like it wasn't that great um okay so characters i'm going to get into the characters and then Dan I want you to try to run down what happens in this movie because there's a lot. Okay. That's why I say try because there's a lot of stuff that happens. Uh, Okay, so we have... I'm going to get some of their names wrong or just don't have the names, but I'm doing my best. And do Uh, not say them in an Italian accent. I... (laughs) uh, Thank you for reminding me. (laughs) So green, the green shirt family has the British father. That guy, he's like an art dealer. Yeah. His name is interesting. Uh, I, I forgot what his name was, but it was like Oh, I can't remember. I have his never name, heard that but, name before in my life. And I'm I apologize, I cannot remember that sister's name. I just remember her screen shirt. Okay. The other one is Duplicia, who she's is the, the stoner hippie. Yeah. yeah, she's the youngest. She's hanging out with the uh groundskeeper, who is arguably probably the funniest character yes. in the movie. He's pretty silly. Very over the top. Then we have the purple shirt family with uh Natasha. And her husband, who is the psychiatrist, yes. and he becomes a big character later on. He becomes one of the main characters, the psychiatrist guy. Then we have uh, the black dress aunt, who is Zia, who who looks kind of like Sandra Bullock when she was under that car. Because her whole thing is, <laughs> yeah. uh, is, is she's severely depressed and she dresses like a goth and she's like, kind of basically wants to kill herself. But yeah, when she's under that car, she's like, I just want to die. I'm like, is that Sandra Bullock? (laughs) (laughs) It looked like her anyways. Okay. So then we have, uh, Seconda, who is the yellow shirt girl who is married to Lucky, who I kind of like, Lucky was kind of fun in this, but, um, I wanted to punch Lucky in the face. Well, he's a real (laughs) sleazebag, but I like, I like his portrayal in this. Um, she is also kind of the other main character, I would think, in this film. Like, so it's like her and the psychiatrist, yes. I feel like, get the most screen time. Yes. Um, so we have that. And then, I, is that all of them? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, that's all the sisters. And then we have a bunch of ancillary characters. We have uh, 
there's this old man that runs around trying to find a cat the whole movie. Cheap, it kind of reminded me of, uh, yeah, Cheap Cheap. It kind of reminded me of the guy who's like, I've lost my marbles oh, yeah. from Hook. <laughs> I was going to say It's that. kind of like a play on that. <laughs> um, there's the grandma and the grandfather who, like, the grandfather, he's got this a terrible uh, beard. Super long goatee. And a it's very, very fake, fake. Very fake. Yeah. Beard. And. He's, it was it was they, just she, distracting. She calls to me. yeah, she calls him Professor Oh shit. Cut that <gasps> out. Wait, 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 wait. Dan has made a crucial mistake. Beep boop beep beep boop 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 rebooting the podcast. Beep, 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 boop, boop. <laughs> she calls him Professor. Uh, can I even uh-huh. say that without she she calls him Professor you did good. No, <laughs> she calls you him did Professor good. in in an Italian accent. Um, yes, and he good is job. he's he's nice getting save. on in his age, and he is, maybe dementia is setting in. I'm not I'm not quite sure what, how dementia works. Um, mm. But he yeah he was very distracting because every time he was on screen, I'm like that beard. I just want to rip it off. <laughs> it was hard for me to understand some of his lines too, especially he delivers a very important line when he's in the hospital. Yeah. And I didn't know what he said until the next scene when somebody repeated what he had said. Yeah. And then I went back in and watched the subtitles. I was like, holy shit, this guy's this is what this fucking guy said. So we'll talk about that. But Dan, please give us a rundown. Okay, so everybody's at dinner. Of the film. Everybody's at dinner, and this is where the shit starts. Yeah. Um, Lucky shows up because he said that um, to Secunda that he can't make it because mm-hmm. he has an emergency at work or whatever. And um, so he's like, oh, I did make it. And he he fills the seat at dinner. And then like not even, I don't know, three minutes later, <laughs> this emergency, which is code for um, side piece. Yeah. She shows up to that. Okay. She shows up to the dinner. How... Did she know, because <laughs> she yeah. lives in Georgia, how did she know where to go? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but she she shows up to dinner and then Segonda catches him and she's like, well, this is the emergency that you, blah, blah, blah. And he, she's like, get out. And then he goes to this, I don't know, Airbnb. <laughs> there's there's this other yeah, house yeah, 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 there's yeah, this yeah. other house that everybody gets banished to so he goes over yeah. there and i think it's the woman's house i think it's the 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 cheater lady's house no so, because she doesn't live in italy oh she doesn't i don't know then i don't i guess he's just renting that house yeah like they 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 go to this house that i don't know who it is can i just say that she is great by the way oh yeah she was a wonderful wonderful uh addition like i i like very entertaining yeah, i liked her a lot <laughs> I, liked I liked her, her i liked her plot line i was just it good just performance felt, by her it felt very quick and it felt mm-hmm. like i couldn't it was hard for me to suspend like the belief that she got there in the first place i oh so i'm i could i could suspend my disbelief on that i kind of wish she had more to the plot in terms of like getting revenge on everyone mm. or being more involved just because i like that character so much um, I thought they sh- the film should have made a bigger deal of her showing up to the house mm-hmm. through camera work, through people could have looked out the window yeah, and go, no, oh my God. The, the way- and then like, we're only showing the people looking outside and everyone starts to, because everyone was busy on the phones. Right. And then they all are like, who is this woman? And then like, we, we like build it up with music. We could have done like a started at like her legs and kind of like come up on the camera to like reveal her. And then she's like cool and like confident. She's like, I'm going to come in here and fuck everybody's day up. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. We don't have to do that. But like, have used music and editing to accentuate how fucking crazy shit's about to be. And I don't think the film does that. It's just like she walks up, knocks no, on the she, door. No, like, you, you don't even get a close up, but you see her through a window. Yeah. So like, I I I can see what you're talking about. I get that. Um, More of a build up to that. But go now ahead. the second thing happens. I don't remember what it is. How does the psychiatrist end up going to the doghouse? He first is shown on a porn site. Oh, okay. In the middle of the day, he's looking at porno while his his wife is flirting heavily with the British. Yes. Okay. So, and the British man is her sister's husband. Yes. So she's flirting with her sister's husband while her real husband is looking at porno. But then this is outrageous. Like I could not believe any like any normal human being would ever do this let alone the psychiatrist who seems like he's got a real level head throughout the rest of the film but he he has this amish woman that he's almost like an only fans thing where she sends him her panties oh and that's also what another yeah. another funny scene that's is the old is. man he he finds the package he goes a package from, from america. america a package <laughs> from america and he's like running through the house with it that was kind of fun but unbelievable unbelievable during his family reunion that he would have sent it to <laughs> sent it to italy to his wife's family's home in italy a used pair of panties from an this amish, amish woman that, yeah. yeah 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 that's insane i do i do, just have them have a fight and he's like you know what you don't treat me well anymore i'm leaving then then that's how he ends he up. goes to the doghouse which I, gives which gives crazy. Natasha the chance to sleep with the British dude, and she yeah. does, and then yeah. she gets caught by her sister, and then mm. that guy gets sent to the doghouse, and then the green shirt calls the psychiatrist and then tells him that hey, m your my husband just slept with your wife, and then he gets pissed, but he doesn't do anything because he's just kind of a a soft-spoken psychiatrist gentleman. Yeah. And um, they are all That whole scene having... could have been so much bigger, too. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was really downplayed, and I, I don't know. I, I feel like that was a real swing and a miss. Uh, what I'll say, too, is um, the guy who plays the British actor, really good in this. I yeah. like how seriously he takes everything. Yeah. He, he's very serious in this. Uh, but go ahead. So, okay. Well, they're all in the doghouse. Speaking of yeah. the, the British dude, there's something I want to say. I think everybody did a pretty good job at acting um mm -hmm. aside from like the the missed italian accents whenever yeah they... there's a few of those so, I'm like ah, right. aside from that the acting was good except sometimes it feels tonally weird to me because the characters will instead of acting for screen they seem like they're acting for the stage did you get that mm. yes yep like they absolutely they're, they're like a little bit too out there they're not like, like they're they're acting to an audience instead of acting to a camera. Yeah, they're doing like the Nick Cage Kabuki theater kind yeah. of thing, and you're like, what's, doesn't happen what's all the here? time. But it, it mm -hmm. because it again consistency is key. Because it does happen, it's like, well, that was a weird choice. Yeah, uh, you'll also notice that we've barely talked about Zia, who is the depressed uh, character in this, is because she should probably not be in the film. I don't understand. Same, same with the kids. I didn't like any of their scenes. Kids don't really need to be in the film. All the kids do is repeat 
things that we've already yeah, heard from the other actors. Yeah. They're like, what does your parent do? He's like, she does this. What does your dad do? He does this. And I'm like, we just found that out in another scene. Like, we don't need this. And they try to, so the film tries to make a point later on of like, hey, you are, your, your parents are being as bad to you as you are being to us, right? Like mm -hmm. you're ignoring us. You're taking us for granted. You're pushing us aside for your own like petty arguments and sibling squabbles when you're not taking what we are saying into consideration, especially because this is our family legacy. This is house. Because the whole thing is like, this house becomes very important to everyone because it is under jeopardy, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's found out that the grandmother owes a lot of debt to the mafia. To, I think it's the KFC man from, yeah. <laughs> from the Colonel. Uh, there's this man in all in a huge all white suit, and he's just like, "You owe me money." Was he a mafia guy? Yeah, he was mafia. When he came in and whispered, you owed me money, and then left in like 10 seconds, I'm like, what is going on? I wish he had like a bigger role. Uh, if any character should have been sillier or more outlandish, it should have been that character. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely that. Like, smoke like, a big he, cigar. And he, should have had, he should have had that ridiculous goatee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm fine with like certain characters just being Looney Tunes characters. Um, if, if used properly, but anyways, yeah. So that's what I have to say. With that being said, I liked all of the stuff that happened, like all of the plot lines, they were icky and they, they worked the way they were supposed to work. You know what I mean? Mm. Like mm -hmm. a flandering happens and people get upset and another yeah. one happens and people get up and then another one happens. And like, I liked the, the, the buildup, like it's not yes. just one. I'm going to surprise you with another one. And oh, there's another one. And you're like, there's no yeah. way. But I. So I, those three, I think, are good building. I just think some of them. I, I'm really hung up on sending the panties to the Italian house. The other ones, I think, work. <laughs> that one is just outrageous. So, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, av after everybody's sent to the doghouse, um, Segonda is out shopping because she learns that from her father that she is, she is no longer. Um, part of the family no she she she's not his daughter mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. she confirms it with her mom and she gets really upset and this felt like another wrench that i don't even know it needed to be in the film right like, it just felt like it was like no one she could have just things. she could have just been upset that her her husband was cheating on her that would have been totally yeah fine. exactly so she's out shopping and then she runs into psychiatrist dude yeah and psychiatrist dude doesn't really put charms on her but she starts falling for him in a mm -hmm. way, and they go out to have a drink together, and then they get even more kind of strangely intimate with their conversation. And then it's like you just had your your husband cheat. Like, figure out your life before you mm -hmm. now sleep with your sister's husband. So even though they didn't technically philander, like just that relationship, the way it started to go, especially towards the end, where they kind of get this payoff that is like everything's gonna be fine now because Natasha's gonna go figure out her nuclear power plants, and um, mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm just gonna be with the kids. And she's like, "You're a good dad." You, you know, it's like, is he a good dad though? That's no, the question. No. Here, here's what I'll say. I kind of like that the psychiatrist and Seconda don't get together. Yes. And they just kind of bond in that way. And they're almost at that line. And they're like, you know what? We, we don't need to be like, like, we don't need to do that. Um, that was kind of nice where they just ended up being close friends. Like they bonded over how fucked up everything else that happened was in this. Well, she started with um, OnlyFans afterwards. <laughs> did she? 
I mean, did you use, didn't you stay for the credits? You know, a 2014 movie when OnlyFans didn't exist? Yes. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So then there's some other thing about, like, a painting. I, I'm going to get into this briefly, <laughs> but apparently... So at around 13 minutes in, we have the British guy and the mom are looking at the painting. And she goes, hey, I have this painting. Isn't it really nice? Do you think it's worth anything? And he's like, nah, it's probably not worth anything. And then at like 42 minutes in, they come up to the, uh, the, the mom is giving a tour of the house with everyone and the British guy's there. And she goes, oh, and then we have this painting again. She introduces the same painting. It's the same painting. Yeah. And she's like, hey, I, you know, uh, this painting, uh, you know, it's pretty cool. Uh, do you think it's worth anything? And then the guy's like, oh, it's worth probably like five grand. So it's like his story keeps changing. I guess there is kind of a payoff where he's lying yeah, about he the painting. Lying. Well, because but I just thought it was weird how he was reintroduced to the same painting and he acted like he had never seen it before. No, he was reintroduced like, with the group. Like it was just him first and he was looking at it. Uh -huh. And then the mom is showing everybody around and then she, she, the green shirt is dragging him along basically. It's mm. like, you tell me what this is worth. So he's kind of saving face again, but he knows it's actually worth a lot more, so he steals it. Yeah. Which, okay, we did an episode on um, Mistress Mayhem. Yeah. The one that you're editing. It's, it's funny. The, yeah. the second Art Thief movie in a row. Yeah. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> I'm like, so, well, it's not Art Thief and Mistress Mayhem, but like, so he steals this fucking painting. How did, uh -huh. how? If the house is full of people. The painting is gigantic. Yeah. He somehow gets know, it dude. out into the garden house without being seen. And then they, they find call it, the police. Then, yeah. <laughs> Mom doesn't press charges. He's just like, eh, I'm sorry. I, uh, I just needed to sell this because my business is going under. Right? Here's what they should have done. Turned it into a whodunit mystery instead of us all just be like, ah, it was this guy. Like, you know what I mean? And have everyone, like, accuse everybody else and be like, well, who could have taken the painting and for what reason? And then, like, we kind of go around and now it's like, a, you know, the movie Clue. That could have been fun. I did like how Paul Giamatti showed up as the detective to solve the case. I thought that was really cool of him to, you know, do this uh, walk-on role. That guy looked like Paul Giamatti, didn't he? With that facial hair, yeah. I always see Paul Giamatti with facial hair. I always see Paul Giamatti, period, and everything. I close my eyes. Everything in my life. Yep, there he is, watching over me. Um, so yeah, too much going on in this movie. Dan, final thoughts? The Flannering, again, did its job. It was icky. Go watch this on Tubi. Go watch this on Tubi, baby, baby. Can you do plugs? Yes, you can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at IndieFilmReviewPod. You can email us at TheIndieFilmReview at gmail.com. We have a Patreon. Check it out. If you're a filmmaker and you want your film reviewed a little bit faster than six months, give us a $5 donation and then stop that subscription. Just one-time donation. That's all we need. And then you, yeah. we will put your film on a shorter list. Yeah. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate it. Go check out the necropoticon.com. A lot of other good podcasts on there. Uh, give us a five-star review on Apple tune iPod and, uh, go Promeo. Go check it out. Yeah. And, uh, thanks again. Tell your friends, tell your, tell your family, tell your extended family, tell all the philanderers, you know, uh, Watch the indie film review. Appreciate you. Dan, you have the final word. Love lift us up where we belong. <laughs> In Italy.
searching for a D&D podcast that tells a twisted and macabre tale set in a world under siege by cosmic horrors, one that will make you fear for what lurks in the darkness and question your own grasp on reality? To bear witness to a party struggle against their inner demons as they walk the thin line between hero and villain, while their sanity frays and falls apart at the seams. Keeping good humor and a joke on their lips as all they know and love crumbles away. The chanting of cults, the corruption of mortals, the nightmares of the cosmos and the whispering of dark gods all awaits you in Gunpowder, Treason, No Plots, a 5th edition D&D podcast. Be sure to listen on any of your favorite podcast providers. Part of the Necropodicon Network. Hard to pronounce, easy to listen.